0: Hey, what's up guys? Thank you for coming on and listening. I was able to have my friend Mark come on um, from college. Very grateful for him for coming on, being super vulnerable and talking about something that it's pretty hard to talk about. Um, Especially, I don't know if especially, but in the, with males, um, for some reason, it just seems like a subject that's kind of hard to discuss. I know it is with everybody, but you don't hear about it a lot. So just appreciate him coming on. And then as always, if you like the podcast, share it and leave me positive reviews. It helps other people be able to listen to it. And then if you have a story, anybody you know has anything that would be impactful or helpful, please reach out to me. Um, You can email me at kingofcorona2020 at gmail.com. Or if you know my information, you could text me. You could hit me up on Instagram, Tyler underscore James underscore Griffith. And uh, we could chat there. But uh, yeah, I appreciate you guys a lot. Thank you so much. Experience true vulnerability, how to overcome trials. You will laugh, cry, and experience everything in between. Welcome to the King of Corona podcast. Brought to you by Tyler Griffith. It's it's the easiest way. I feel like you just start talking and then stuff just kind of comes out, you know? But first off, I just want to introduce you. This is my buddy, Mark. We go way back. So he was actually my older brother, Justin, one of his roommates. They became best friends. And then we kind of met through my brother, Justin. And then kind of formed a little group up at uh Utah State, the Aggies. Yep. But yeah, that's I mean, what year was that? Two thousand. I met you two thousand two, two thousand one, two thousand two. Yeah, so I got up there in two what, two thousand, did he
1: my freshman year and then you know met yeah. Justin next year. We and Justin and I shared this tiniest little room. <laughs> I mean there was like I mean it was your it was your it was Mike's house. So Mike is your stepdad, yeah. So I lived with your stepbrothers, Joe and Paul, and then with Justin. And dude, Justin and I shared the tiniest little room. I mean, we had like I felt like we had like twelve inches. You know, <laughs> so we make jokes all the time that we we could hold hands at night and stuff. But
0: all right, yeah, that was weird. That was weird. that was a weird time in life. You and Justin in a smaller room with Joel with Paul, and then I just moved there. I was living in the dorms, and so I was away from family for the first time. But Yeah. College is weird too. Life's weird. Like life takes you on this weird journey. You never know like what's happening or kind of where you're at. You just seem to figure it out as you go. Exactly.
1: Exactly. But man, college was fun. You know, me, me, I was all about like, I would say things like, don't let college get in the way of your education. (laughs) Right. That's That's exactly how it is. You know, it's like, I don't know. I felt like there's a lot more than just, learning from your teachers, you know, the social side of college and going on trips. And, you know, me, it's all about, you know, going, and making memories and having a good time.
0: Yep. And that's the thing too. Like, that's what you realize about life. Most of where you are in terms of career or in terms of relationships, it's all relationship based. And so college for me, same thing, like make friends, make as many good connections as you can. And then those turn into your life.
1: Yep. So life is about about relationships.
0: Yeah. I mean, it kind of is for everybody. Like you see people without relationships and like they live kind of a lonely, sad existence. You see people with really like fulfilling, meaningful connections and they just always seem happier. And it seems like abundance and good things come to those people that work on relationships and make meaningful, lasting relationships. Yeah, for sure. And it's,
1: what's weird, though, I mean, man, I've been reading this book. Uh-huh. Once
0: what's
1: it I called? It, it, it's The Coddling of the American Mind. Uh-huh. But it kind of, I wasn't going to get into that. But it just talks about how, like, you know, especially our youth these days, like how much time they're spending on screens. Um, you know, how they're just raised to kind of be victims. Yep. Um, You know, it's a whole different mentality. They're so much more fragile because of it. You know, there's higher rates of anxiety. It has all this correlation, but it's yep. just—it's crazy how important it is to to get out there, and socialize, be active, and you know. And in this book, it kind of talks about the opposite of
0: you know, or
1: some healthy things are you know, sports, activities, yeah. getting out of the house. I was like just—I
0: was just thinking like sports because I'm trying. Tucker wants to play tackle football right now, and like you're talking about the coddling of the American mind, and so like. You hear about all these CTEs and concussions and like back in the day, you used to just do what was fun. Like we go climb mountains and like there was chances you would die, but you didn't know the risk. Nowadays, we live so in fear of everything because it's thrown in our face like here's the statistics. Here's this. Here's this. Here's this. Here's this. And it's like we all just live so scared and protected that it's hard for anybody to live like a meaningful life anymore.
1: It can be that way. It can be that way.
0: I mean, we, we all, I feel like we're all guarded now. and Yeah, which makes sense. Like, you have this whole COVID thing happen, and you see how much trust we we can have. And, I mean, different media outlets are saying exact opposite things. And it's hard to, I mean, it's hard to trust when you're raised in a untrusting society. I will say, for me
1: personally, I, I had my first flight yesterday without having to wear a mask, and it uh-huh. felt good it felt so nice and I felt like smiles and stuff smiles and it was easier just to like say hi to the people next to me and for the flight attendants you know I, I know for them it was you know I have friends that are flight attendants and they're like my sister-in-law but and it's rough when everybody's like just turns into a bunch of zombies and just it's can't the talk, worst. Or to talk or, I mean it, it was the worst,
0: the so worst. I'm glad.
1: I'm that's glad gotta that.
0: be that's gotta be weird be on a flight with no masks It was so nice, dude. Yeah, because that felt that felt so weird when that happened. The first time you went through the airport with that whole mask thing, that was insane. Like that Mm -hmm. was the craziest thing ever. Like I remember, I'd fall asleep and my mask would fall below my nose, and they'd be like, "Hey, put your (laughs) mask." I'm like, "You realize you're gonna come like five minutes with the drink and the snack tray, and you're gonna let me eat for like 20 minutes with my mask off, but I can't fall asleep." everybody's like
1: and that's how it was the beginning it was like oh if you're eating you're fine and i dude, i took a trip to alaska my brother and i got a bag of chips on uh-huh. purpose and had it between us matt and i and we were like just constantly eating
0: <laughs> exactly <laughs> like pull the chip
1: next to my mouth so i can talk yeah see this but then funny. it got to the point where they were like take a bite put your mask up chew it yeah, it got pretty better. crazy. It got pretty strict. So. It got
0: to that point, And then a month later, it was disappeared off the face of the earth, never to be heard of it again. <laughs> it's making a little bit of a comeback right now. Kelsey's work, she works at like a like an old folks home. So there's a lot of people with dementia and stuff. And so oh. they get one case, and it's back on masks, lockdowns, no visitors. Oh, so, rough. It's no visitors not, is
1: rough, but I mean, I don't know. I'm not a scientist, but... So, but there, like you said, there's so many opinions out there. And to me, it's like I'm I more come from the background of you, you know, take care of yourself. You know, if you feel like, hey, I want to protect myself, what can I personally do to protect myself? If I feel yeah. like I need to, oh, I can wear like a, a nicer mask and I can social practice social distancing. Yeah. You know, things that a couple of years ago we didn't even
0: talk about. But then <laughs> we have like new vocabulary now. Like, but I so- feel like even now,
1: that's what was so nice about like how things were now traveling. I'm out here in New York, up in the Buffalo area, but I felt like there were still some people that had masks on. Yeah, and the, the were them were actually like the medical grade ones. There was like a, a nice, um, you know, senior couple that got on. They had their nice masks on. And I was like, dude,
0: those things are like actually probably working. am it might make sense for them. Yeah, I got a I got I a buddy. Use. He's still gonna wear them. He still wants to wear them in the airports and like. I mean, it's, that's what's cool. Like, people can do whatever they want. That's kind of how I saw it from the beginning. Like, if you want to protect yourself, do it. If you don't, don't. But, like, it got a little bit out of control, but whatever. <laughs> it is what it is at this point. Yep. <laughs> but anyway, I wanted to bring you on. Uh, I know you listen to my podcast. Mark's been, like, he's just, like, the nicest guy. He's just, he supports you if you put something out there. Like, I just made a, I made that album recently. I just uh put together like a little album with my guitar and Kirk, some a friend of mine came and helped me do it. But yeah, Mark just sends you a nice text like, Hey, I'm listening to your album and send you a video. And so I support you with whatever you're doing, but I appreciate all the support that you send me too.
1: Oh thanks, man, dude. I honestly Saturday I was like doing yard work, cleaning out the garage, you know, spring cleaning, dude, threw on the uh threw on little Tyler Griffith. There you go. I appreciate it, dude. It's cool, man. It's, no, I appreciate it. It's kind of cool to, I don't know. You know, it's like, you asked me about, I think, Manning's old songs. Chris yeah, Manning, yeah. One of our friends from college, but, man, I don't have his music anymore. It was on a CD back in the I day. I exactly. He got scratched, and I, you know, I'd love to go find some of those songs. Um, this is one of our friends that, uh, you know, he committed suicide, so he's, he's not around anymore. But yeah, we have memories, we have photos, but I'd love I'd love to hear hear some of his old little college music and
0: It's weird too. I'll get back to like why I brought you on but it's weird like when I play music you know you can almost like channel like energies that have gone cuz I remember when I started to run like when I really started to do the long runs somehow I'd have Paul like Paul would kind of channel through me and I I don't know I could just like feel like he was like connected to me but then yeah. since I started to play music I feel like Manny's just like Like I could just think about his energy and his like, balls on wheels, you know, (laughs) stupid (laughs) how he used to talk. (laughs) Like he was, I had a problem.
1: (laughs) Love that guy.
0: But anyway, but no, man, I appreciate the support and coming on the podcast. I know you've, I mean, in your life, you've been through a lot. And I had that podcast recently with Kelsey and she talked about domestic violence and you kind of reached out. I know we've talked a little bit about some stuff in your childhood, but you reached out and just told me you'd be comfortable talking about some stuff that is pretty hard to talk about. Like you got to be pretty vulnerable. And so I just kind of want to push it to you a little bit and let you kind of talk about whatever. And then I'll just kind of interject with some questions here or there and
1: um, see where it goes, see where it takes us.
0: Yeah. But main reason is just to be helpful, like talk about stuff that people don't talk about and try to give insight to help people in the future or help people that have maybe been through something to get help and kind of get better.
1: Yeah, that's exactly. And that's, that's why, you know, I, I heard Kelsey's podcast and, you know, it was awesome to just see her be strong and talk about something. that's very vulnerable and, and not easy to talk about, but it made me, you know, it was making me think about my past and things I've gone through. because That's how we are. We hear stuff, yeah. and we relate it to our own lives. And yeah, so I I reached out to Tyler, said man, and Kelsey, and just said, hey, thanks for the uh, the podcast. You know, it's very strong of her to do that, and it made me think of my experiences. And same thing, you know, if you know when I was a kid, and this is why I came on was talk about sexual yeah. mainly to minors, you know, people under the age of eighteen, because it's not something that's talked about. And when I was a kid, there was a few different things that I went through, and I think a lot of. And I know a lot of people have gone through stuff. I've talked to people, you know, as I've become more of an adult, I'm 43 yeah. now. But, you know, it was my thing hey, if I could talk about some of the stuff I've been through and then maybe, you know, allow us to talk about, hey, what could we do to maybe prevent that from happening? Like maybe our own kids or kids we know. Or if it has happened to them, how to, to help them.
0: And a, good, like, a child. And then yeah. if it has
1: happened to you, how to. What are some things that you might be able to do to like heal yourself?
0: Yeah, but I think the it honestly seems like the first thing always is like acknowledging, like you have to like admit something happened. That's because I know a lot, not a lot, but kind of a lot, probably compared to a lot of people of people that have gone through something similar to you. And it's almost like they've they've told one person in confidence when they were like maybe drank too much and then they bury it back deep and so i feel like when you're a child this stuff happens to you and you there's nothing you can do about it like you're just a small like unless you're blessed to be an adult like adult brain in a child's body it's easy for adults to take advantage of children and so if that happens to you to recognize that like it's not your fault at all like there's nothing There's nothing you did to deserve anything like that that happened to you. So to go through counseling and to get to a point where you can actually come on a podcast and talk about it, that's like, that's huge.
1: So, and just so to put some numbers out there, I mean, if you were to Google, Hey, how, what percentage of kids go through sexual abuse and there's like some staggering numbers. And some of them I think are a little off just because that's how media is, you know, say like, Hey, one in five girls or one in six boys. Um, I did some research and I found that it was more like one in 11 or about 10%.
0: Yeah. And that's just reported.
1: That's reported. I've experienced and what they did, the one in 11 was more like talking to people that were like 18 and older about their past and then trying to get those numbers from them. And that's where they got more
0: of the, you know, about one in 11 had
1: some sort of sexual
0: abuse as a minor. Which is crazy. So if you have a room full of a hundred people, 10 people have been through that.
1: Yeah. 10, 11. Yeah kind of crazy
0: yep so almost you can be certain you have a friend or family member that's been through it yep
1: yeah i mean i mean and i've had neighbors and it's come up in discussions you know and it's yeah you'll meet somebody and they're like i don't know about let my kids do this or that and
0: i don't know yeah so if you want to because i think painting a little bit of a picture of like how where what circumstance like where does this happen so parents first off just awareness like if you want to talk about a little bit about what happened just so parents are like, okay, like I might need to be a little bit careful with this type of situation.
1: All right. So I'm going to share, I'll share two different situations that happened. And first of all, what's weird. I mean, as any, most people know this, but when sexual abuse happens, it it normally is somebody, you know, you know, it's not like, you know, you always tell your kids, watch out for strangers and watch out for this. And, you know, don't leave the neighborhood or some people don't even let the kids leave the house. Yeah. But I mean, most sexual abuse happens by people, you know, you know, it can be a family member, it could be a neighbor, a babysitter, whatever. Yep. Um, my first situation happened to me when I was like, you know, it's hard to say six or seven years old. So it's taking us all the way back to like 19, yeah. 1995, wait, 1985, 1985. Yep. So I'm 43. Yeah. So it's like before okay. you were born me. <laughs> no, 80, 83. And it's, that's what's hard. I don't, you know, I was a kid. So six, seven years old. But we had a guy that lived across the street from us, a teenager. And, you know, dude, we'd play around the neighborhood. We'd run around. Well, one day my brother and I, I don't know how, we ended up in his backyard. And my brother's two years younger than me. And. All I know, and this guy was kind of like, I don't know, he was he was probably like 14, 15. And at one point, he's like, you guys can't leave my backyard. And we're like, these little kids, you know, my brother's like four or five. Yeah. Like six or seven. And this guy's, you know, this overweight teenage kid. And he wouldn't let us leave his backyard. And then pretty soon, whips his, whips his penis out or his cock. And he's like. You guys aren't going to leave, leave my yard until one of you, you know, pretty much sticks your mouth to my penis. So we're little kids, you know, I'm like, Oh my gosh. You know, we're scared. I'm looking, yeah, looking back horrified. at it. You know, I was horrified. You know, my brother was like horrified, like, Oh my gosh, what do we do? Oh my gosh. You know, we want to run. We want to get escaped from this guy. Um, You know, this guy was not going to let us leave. I was a little kid and I ended up sticking my, my mouth to his penis and he wasn't, you know, he wasn't turned on. He wasn't erect or anything. But, um, as soon as I did that, luckily my little brother, you know, just darted and ran home and the kid got scared and he was like, oh my gosh. And I just, I ran out of there and chased my brother down. I, I started crying and I was like, Marty, Marty, you know, to my brother. I don't know if I should say his name, but I don't think he cares, but yeah. I was like, Marty. you know, I caught up to him. I'm like crying. I'm like, I'm, I'm so sorry, man. I, you know, I, I felt like like I did something wrong. Yeah. I remember, I think he was like, I'm gonna go tell mom. And I was like so scared. I'm like, don't tell mom, like I don't want to get in trouble. Like, don't tell mom. Yeah, I was little kid. I didn't know what was going on. And dude, what sucked is that as a little kid, you know, something like that happens. And I was like, I felt so bad. Like it was my fault. It's like a little, little kiddo, you know? And I remember like that night I was like praying like, Heavenly Father, please forgive me. You
0: know, like I'm really sorry about, yeah, so
1: sorry. And I, I probably, you know, prayed or even like cried about it as a little kid. Hundreds of times. Yeah, little kid, no one to to talk to. And, you know, I never told, I never talked to my brother about it again or nothing until I was like a teenager. And it was finally, you know, we're sitting down with like my siblings and my parents were like on a date or something. And we just had one of those conversations where, you know, hey, guess what happened? You know, and my sister's telling this story. And pretty soon my brother Marty's like, well, guess what Mark did when. He was like oh, seven years old and, you know, <laughs> we're teenagers, younger than me. And I'm like, oh, you know, and he, he called me out. So my siblings knew about it and that was it. You know, I, you know, we talked about it then briefly for maybe 10 minutes. You know, I tried it to me. I just felt like I did something wrong. So I was like, well, this is why I did it. And I was scared. And I was like, you know, I was like, it's not like I wanted to do that. Yeah, like, You don't, you know. As a, as a child, you don't know how to, you know, understand what's happening.
0: Yeah. So you know, did you? I'd blame. Did you have like any interaction with that kid again? That teenager, like re- any resolution there? Or?
1: So as a teenager, I just avoided him. I mean, he lived directly across the street from us, but yeah. I just would see him, avoided him, and you know, and pretty soon it just. You know, he moved He moved out of the house. I was never scared of it happening again. I was, you know, and I never talked about it. But like I said, I was a little six-year-old kid. Yeah. Yeah, that's hard. It, it, it really hurt me, though. Like, I, I,
0: yeah,
1: the audio. it affected me all the time. Like,
0: I thought about it all the time. Like, it's Your connection's kind of going bad. Can you hear me better? I can hear you fine. Okay, it was breaking up, but you said it hurt. Like, it hurt really bad?
1: Yeah, hurt. I mean, just, you know, I was going through a lot of pain, a lot of guilt, a lot of, you know, just little, like, uh, 100% as a little kid, just thought it was my own fault. Yeah. So there's no way I was going to, like, be like, hey, mom, you know, once I got a little older and then I was, like, 10, 12, I realized... Starting to realize that was his fault, but I still—it's not like, "Hey, mom, I want you to know this happened to me." So you know, and I'm sharing the story just to think this is some random kid across the street. Um, but just so you guys can think as parents, you know what what could you do to prevent your kids? And I want to share one more story, and then I'll yeah, I kind of do want to go some things you can do with your kids. But okay, my the other thing that happened to me is I had a babysitter, and um. She lived next door to me, and the girl on the other side lived, was a babysitter also. Well, one day, I was just over at her house. Her parents were gone. It was her and her best friend, these two girls that are, once again, they're probably like 14, 15 years old. I'm this little, maybe eight years old kid, and they were watching Revenge of the Nerds. Have you ever seen that movie? Uh-uh, I haven't seen it. Well, it's this movie about, like, college years, and it's like this fraternity of nerds and then like the sorority of all the good looking girls. And there's the jocks and this weird storyline of how, you know, in this movie, there's like a kissing booth. And it starts out with like this, you know, you can go to the sorority, pay money. They're trying to earn money as a charity and you can like pay to kiss a girl. Yeah. Well, in this, there's sexual scenes. So I'm seeing like boobs. I'm seeing honestly, like, you know, shots of uh, everything, Total, full full nudity. This is your, your, you're how old? I'm probably eight years old. Okay. Next door neighbor's house. And I'm with two girls and that are teenagers. Uh Uh-huh. Um, it was weird. We we're watching this movie and, you know, next thing you know, they're like, we should take a shower. So, you know, I'm like an eight year old boy. There's these two teenage girls. You know, I... Even being that young, I still was like, dude, "These are boobs. I'm attracted." Yeah, and got jumped in the shower with them. Took a shower with these two girls. Um, it was weird as, as being that That's young. You know, was, so
0: like, weird. I didn't feel
1: like sexually turned on, but it was still like, you know, I was attracted. It was like, oh, yeah, it was still exciting. Got, like, teenage girls. Well, we get out of the shower and the doorbell rings, and. One of the girls, dude, puts a robe on, wraps her hair up in a towel, runs to the door, and it's my dad. <laughs> <laughs> you know, she's oh peeking on the door, and gosh. she's like, like, hey, I'm just looking for Mark. And she's like, oh, he's just watching a movie with, uh, you know, the the other girl. Wow. And he's like, okay, he's like, just send him home when you're done. You know, I just want to make sure he was fine. Well, dude, that led into, you know, he leaves, and next thing I know, it's like there he's laying on a couch naked. They're having me taking turns laying on top of them.
0: Um, so they're just like using you as like a sex toy almost, like yeah, a little, little fun. Kid,
1: like, hey, kiss my kiss my chest, kiss my little boobs, you know, whatever. You know, I was, and I was a little kid. Yeah. You know, and I wasn't, you know, I don't I mean, I don't remember being like sexually aroused, like let's say getting an erection. Yeah. I mean, I remember being attracted to him and like.
0: You wonder you know, what was going on. Wasn't? Yeah. You kind of want to. You wonder what's going on in their minds, right? Like what happened where they're, they're just curious about, like, because that's always like I always think about that. Like, what's going on from like both perspectives? Like, the one person's getting hurt, and the one person's doing the hurting. But deep down, everybody in the situation's hurting.
1: Yep. So super, just random things. You know, those are the two main random ones. And, and I'll admit that the two girls, I don't feel like that ever. i never carried like a g- guilt about yeah. that. The fact that they were girls, it wasn't, if anything, I felt like at times it made me feel like <laughs> better about what had happened before. Yeah. Okay. It was long as a little eight year old, they're teenagers. Just the fact that it was with females, it made me, feel, I don't know, you know, yeah. felt, you know, it was one yeah. of those things. Guys like in college, hey, this happened. They would almost laugh about it. Oh, it was these two girls. Oh, Mark showering with two girls as a little as a kiddo, you know. Yep. But, so yeah, but yeah, I was a child. So and that and I have talked to my dad about that. one. Okay. You know, and my parents because that was easier to, and that was later on though, like down the road. It was, that's easier to be like, hey, this happened. Um, the one with the guy. I mean, it was later on once I was like twenty eight. I finally, you know, came out and said, Hey mom, I need, I need, let's go out to dinner one night. I took her to on a dinner date and I wanted to know about her life, how she grew up. And uh, cause I was trying to heal at that point. And that's when yeah. I said. And this happened to me when I was, you know, like six or seven years old. And she was like, what? Like, I had no idea.
0: That's hard. Yeah. Cause when you're young too, it's like you said, you don't, you don't want to talk about stuff. Like you feel like, It is your fault. You keep everything in. And then depending on your relationships too, I feel like sometimes there are barriers to communication to where you might have, like, I felt like for me, at least like an obstacle to communicate really well with my parents was a lot of times religion. And so I felt like something would be painted to where I'd feel so much guilt about, really anything to do with sex. So, I wouldn't I wouldn't want to go with sex anything to my parents because I felt so like I mean, you they'd be like in comparison to murder, sex is the next worst thing. And so I'd be like, ah, this I'm going to put anything to do with this under wraps and you start to build this like yeah, it's like you build all these walls up about certain things and then the crazy thing too is like something like this happens or in your life you're exposed to something like so young that you don't even know how to process it and then if you're not getting help it'll manifest itself in in different yeah. ways and that could be something that would happen to the people that are actually like the the babysitters the neighbor like maybe something happened where they buried it and then it like now manifests itself onto you and then the cycle goes on until somehow it gets worked out, you know?
1: So that's what's, that. that's, what's tough is then, cause think this happened to me as a kid. Yeah. So now, yeah. It affect, affected my trust, you know, and even my parents, let's say like my parents' relationship, just like your parents, you know, not the perfect relationship. Yeah. Um, you know, and you, once you're an adult, you realize, you know, relationships are work. They're not perfect. Even though as a kid, you expect your parents, like, why are they mess? Why are they? not perfect yeah you know you just expect them to do they're your parents so you look up to them they're your heroes well they're gonna let you down their parents are normal you know i'm an adult you know i'm not perfect but um you know it's it's weird how that did affect my trust you know and you know and i don't know if affected my my trust with my mom i felt like in high school I, i did not like my mom you know i hated her i carried a lot of hate a lot of anger i felt like i was dark you know yeah but to me, luckily, I mean, my parents were like, like, my dad was director of the health department. My mom was a nurse. So as far as the sexual stuff, that was very easy for me to talk to oh, okay. my parents about. Um, and anything was, my, my parents were very open. Yeah. But I did think it was weird how, where we grew up that, I mean, I remember in high school once, um, a bunch of me and the buddies, the college buddies, high school buddies, we ended up drinking. You know, we got d- drinking, got drunk, we were partying, and we were all went to church together. Um, you know, there's a, a group of us, we had been, you know, and, and one of the kids got, like, super sick. Yeah. And he went home, he hung over, you know, probably 18-year-old kid. I think it was right after we graduated high school, and, uh, you know, as far as, we knew better as far as, you know, what was wrong, right, when it came to drinking and all that stuff, but... He told his mom, like he's like, I'm oh, drinking, da da, da, da da. Well, she flipped out. And she felt like this is the worst thing you guys could have ever done. Like you guys are like you guys are going to hell.
0: Pretty yeah. Much. Yeah.
1: And she went and talked to our, you know, i L- I'm LDS. Yeah. She went talk to my bishop, our bishop as a kid, and he pulled us all in that Sunday. And it was funny because my dad went up there and he's like, he told the, the mom, he's like, Do you guys do you not realize like this is drinking? Like, this is not like our kids were all out having sex or whatever. This is drinking. Like, yeah. kids would go in and say, like, your son, Paul, he feels bad about it. He can say, dude, I feel bad about this. I'm never going to do this again. I am sorry. And who knows? The bishop could say, do you know what? Don't worry, man. You're good. Yeah. You know, you're good. Don't worry about it. You know, if that's your thing,
0: you know, yep. as a teenager. But
1: it was. it's weird how parents, the pressures they can put on their kids
0: yeah and i I mean it's pressures that are put on by parents, but then also just like a lot of times you put pressures on yourself too like you paint yourself out to be' cause a lot of times you're living to be perfect like a lot of times you're trying to be t- too perfect and a lot of times you don't allow yourself to mess up or um you for me, for example, like if I made mistakes, I'd want to keep like that perfect image that I had. And so instead of going and working on it or talking through things, it was just bury it, bury it, bury it, hide it, cover it up, you know, and just live life with until about 30-something years old where I'm like, I should probably do some counseling about all this stuff.
1: Well, just – and that's what sucks Everybody's <laughs> everybody feels like they have to hide everything. and Yeah. I wish people – like there's times where it's where I wish I could have been a better friend to you. You could have been a better friend to me in ways that we just yeah. felt like, open up about anything. Yep. Like, I can, you know, it's, I wish everybody had someone that they felt like, dude, I can share anything with this person. Just be vulnerable and say, dude, I'm dealing with this or that or yep. whatever. It's because instead everybody just internalizes everything and has all this.
0: So true. That's why I that like within their heads. Yeah, that's why I started this podcast, because I felt like deep down in my heart, I was like, every single person has been through so much. And I started to keep track, like I used to do a journal, and then I'll let you get to the stuff about what's going to be helpful. But I used to keep, well, I keep a journal still. I mostly just use my podcast as my journal and like therapy, but it's called Day One. And you you just click a button and you, you record yourself talk. And so I'd record like, hey, like I feel like a piece of shit. I honestly like don't feel like I treat my wife very good. I feel like this is really messed up that I've left like my family in a time of need. And just talk through those things because like when you just internalize it, I felt like so much worse than when I actually just like spoke it out. And then I was like, what if I share this with other people? Like what if I share it and let them know that like, Hey, not only do you feel this way, I feel this way, Mark feels this way, Kelsey feels this way, Joni feels this way. Like every guest I've had on has all these issues and yep. then kind of build a community where you can start to just talk and be vulnerable and own up to things or yeah, just like, because I do believe in that concept, like heal yourself, heal the world type thing. Yep.
1: Well, and you get that like circle of trust.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I'll I'll talk about that in a
1: second with the healing part. But one thing I did want to talk about that I didn't want to, that was tough for me is, okay, so my relationships were definitely affected by things that happened in my life. You know, I felt like I would self-sabotage them. But I remember one of the, the first serious relationships I had after I went on a mission. So I went on an LDS mission, which I admit, I felt like it was, that helped me heal a lot. That helped me heal my relationship with my mom, helped me. You know, help me realize, like, you know, as far as the atonement, if you, if I get religious just for a quick second, was not only, hey, you can be forgiven for your sins or whatever, but you can also get healing for things that happen to you, you and yeah. tribulations. And, you know, so I felt like I had healing on my mission that helped me understand myself better. Okay. I'll have a better spiritual relationship, you know, as far as. Yeah, these, are, these are not, things were not my fault. These are things I went through. But I I want to say that when my first serious relationship, I'd been dating a girl for like a year in college. And, she, you know, I opened up to her about, hey, this happened to me when I was a kid, blah, 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 blah. Well, right away, she's like, oh, I'm scared. Yeah. She's like, well, what if you're going to do this to people? I'm like, what? She's like, well, what if, now you're going to go molest people because you were molested. And it's like, oh,
0: freak, man. She like plants this seed in your brain.
1: Well, well it just sucked where it's like, so something that wasn't my fault. Yeah. Now you're saying is going to mess me
0: up. So then she's saying like, what happened to you is going to project out of you onto what others. What if that
1: projects, you know, so, um, and this is, I want, you know, if someone's been through sexual abuse. I want you to know, like, I ended up because of this, like it became like something serious enough that I was like, well, I'm going to go to a counselor. So, um, I was living in, I was doing a summer, summer job out in Denver, Lake Lakewood. And, uh, you know, at the time I didn't have a lot of money to go say, Hey, I'm just going to go see, you know, a psychologist or a psychiatrist. So I went to my Bishop and said, Hey, I want to go see a professional. You know, my Bishop yeah. was, and he's like, we'll pay for it, you know, what, whatever you need. So he's like, let's start you out with three sessions. So I went for the first time and I talked to somebody about it like a professional hey this is what happened this is what's happened in my life and you know just went through things and they're like just so you know you're totally fine you know you've you're not gonna go start molesting people or anything like that like if anything like you understand the pain that that put on you yeah so you understand how bad that hurts somebody, you know, it's like, you know, you can have compassion and empathy for those kind of things. But I had to go back to that, you know, the girl I was dating and be like, the, you know, I've been talking, talked to the counselors, what we talked about, this is what she said, but it sucked that I had to go and like validate, you know, myself. And I've kind of felt that in relationships, like, man, if I gonna talk about this now I have to, and I would, then I, you know, I have to let them know I'm normal. I'm not going to go, you know, have That's- some some crazy thing, which sucks. Cause dude, it's like, dude, this happened to me as a kid.
0: That's so horrible. That's the thing though. Like things that happen when you're a kid, some stuff sticks with you and some stuff doesn't, but you start to believe, you just start to build beliefs. And that's like what you go to counseling for is like a belief will build in your head and whether it's accurate or not, like perception is reality. Cause there's, it's so weird. Like having every podcast i do and i talk to somebody there's something that comes up that's like it's self healing you know like the more perception you get the more you recognize and the more you can heal but once you realize like you said healing can actually happen that's when you can really start to like move forward in your life
1: so i was gonna say also that i mean so Try To have when something happens, when you hear something that happens to somebody else, try to have compassion for it. Yeah, I think the first thing we want to do is, is a defense mechanism. So, a human nature is hey, I heard this happened. The first thing I'm going to say is well, that would never happen to me. Yeah, you know, so um, I knew girls in college that got raped that were raped at Utah State University. I knew two different girls and. You know people heard the stories, it was more like, Well, that would never happen to me, but that's that's a defense mechanism, yeah. So, automatically, you're like, Well, that wouldn't happen to me, you know. I happened to Kelsey with uh domestic abuse, that would never happen to me, but it's like yeah. that's just your mind automatically will say that to make yourself feel safe, but that yeah. would never happen to my kids because of da 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 da. Well,
0: that is what called. it is, that is so what it it's, is, it's a defense
1: mechanism, so try to. I'm just saying, if, if someone opens up to you, at least try to hold your breath for a second. And instead of just being like, you know, throwing judgment, because that's hard enough already when, when people open up is, okay, you know, you can't control what other people do sometimes. Yeah. You can't control everything.
0: Yeah, that's true. I think that's huge. Like to listen to try to be understanding, not to judge because it it is a culture where it's so easy just to shut somebody off forever. Like you said something I don't like, bye-bye forever. (laughs) You know what I mean? Or just, yeah, you don't, you don't agree with something or I think you're right. Like it's definitely a defense mechanism. Like that couldn't happen. That couldn't happen. And then happened to you. It's happened. That happened to Kelsey. Like we've all been in situations where we're like, I mean, I never thought there's 15 things in my life, like probably a thousand things that I never thought would happen to me. Like I just got cancer cut off my face. Yep. And I was thinking, that won't happen to me because I'm immune to skin cancer. Yeah, we never why, why, why Why? <laughs> am I immune? <laughs> you know? And Narissa makes me put
1: on <laughs> SPF every day, man. Every day she tells me, like, you need to put on SPF. Yeah. But I, I was going to say, with myself, as far as my healing, yeah, I, mean, I feel like it, you know, it did affect me and it was like my, at least, and it might not have just been what happened when I was a kid, but it's just throughout my life. I just felt like as I would, would try to get in serious relationships, I felt like, man, I'm just not in a position to really make this work out. Yeah. It wasn't until I was like 27 years old. I was professional. I just graduated. I actually had money where I said, I'm going to go see a psychologist. And I called up Nick Baldwin's mom. Okay. And I yeah, was like. He's one of our friends from college. Right from college, I'm like, dude, can I get your mom's number? I need to talk to her about this stuff. And he, you know, he's like, all right. So I called her up and she's like, I know someone in Salt Lake. He's super good. And here's his number. And I'll, I'll call him, give him a little pre, you know, whatever. So I met, went and met with this guy. And the first time I, I sat down with him, it was hard. He was like, you know, getting to know me. And he's like, man, you really, you have a hard time loving yourself. I'm like, what? I don't love like i don't love myself like what are you talking about but yeah um but that that was like my first meeting with my took it that way as he's like you don't really love yourself or you don't you know and i was like it, it kind of hit me wrong but in a way it was like he was like you know you might even use relationships at times or dating you know girls or whatever like i did a girl and then i did another one it was like you know he's like sometimes you're doing that just to make yourself feel good yeah you know, we do that as people, like we do things to make, oh, look, I dated this girl. I went out with this girl. I went on a date with this girl. I kissed this girl, whatever. It's this is 28 year old Mark, but he was kind of like, in a way you're doing that to just make yourself feel good, but it's not real.
0: Yeah. And just, what was, just so the listeners know, Mark was, Mark was pretty good with the ladies. <laughs> my wife yeah. knows it. So she yeah. listens to this I love
1: you <laughs> so much. You know, I do. So
0: I, dated, but, I would date around. I would date Yeah. But it, there was, like, as an outsider looking in, like, I could, a lot of the stuff that you're talking about that you would, like, go to talk to a counselor about, like, you could see, you know, like, you could, because it was just, I mean, a lot of times it is that, like, I'm going to go after, like, the best looking cheerleader or this just to see if I can get them to like me just, it's almost like a a validation exactly cycle, like, now I got this person. Now who can I get to like me?
1: Yep. In a way. And it wasn't, yeah, and it wasn't healthy. Yeah. Well, it was cool to talk to somebody. And then he had me like go with this group. I would come once a week for six months and I would, there'd be this group of like eight of us. And one of the ladies, her husband had like dementia, like everybody had their own issues. Yeah. And we would sit at this table and it was like, like you're talking about, but this was like in person, like the circle of trust. Yeah. And we would learn from each other and like heal together and that's what i feel like your podcast in a way with some of the things is like people can hear this and they can it might help them heal
0: yeah it's, it's like they're it's like they're, like they're part of the know. circle
1: yeah everybody's part of the circle yeah but uh, one thing that was really cool that he did with me though one time was he took me back to took me back to when i was a kid and when this happened with this guy across the street, and he said, look what happened to you. Like, he's like, I want you to sit like, like you observe what happened there. So he took me back and I was thinking, hey, here's six-year-old Mark in this situation. I'm like visualizing, looking at myself, how scared I was. And he's like, do you not realize like, do one of the reasons you did that is because your brother, um, I'm sorry, I'm a little emotional, but he's like, your brother was two years younger than you. And you were like, protecting him yeah so it was like it sucked because he's like you're in a situation where it's like okay either he's going to do this to you or your brother
0: and that's a hard position to be in yeah
1: and for the first time i was like dude you know but i'm like looking at this i'm thinking of me as a six-year-old i'm like oh man dude i, I felt so bad for that little kid um and it was cool though to have like so that Sympathy or that compassion or whatever for six year old Mark and be like, Man, I feel bad for him. And I finally, it was the first time I really felt like, Okay, that was not your fault. You know, and he helped me, he helped me realize that was not your fault. Yeah. You know, that's what happens. You blame yourself, even though it was like as a kid. Yeah. Um, but that was like helped me get healing and helped me to really love myself. And going to this group thing was loving myself. And, you know, you're a good man and you, you know, it helped me. So I felt like after that, um, when I was 27, 28, the relationships I had um, were healthier. Um, yeah. You know, meeting my wife was healthier. And because I went and I talked to somebody, you know, I went and I got help.
0: I yeah. was able to- that's so good, too, because I've been doing that recently, like up until probably the last five years. I, because I, I've been through, I never went through like the sexual abuse. But I went through, like, everybody's been through something. And so same thing, like, you just put it on yourself. Like, sometimes I felt like maybe my parents getting divorced or my dad not being there was, like, my fault. Or you just start to put, like, blame on yourself. And you start to, like I said, build beliefs. And for a while there, like, I really honestly thought life was pretty bleak, pretty dark, pretty, like this is just going to get worse and worse and worse. And the only way I can cope with it and feel better is alcohol, some sort of like anxiety medication, depression medication. And like, once I started to go to see a therapist and work through a lot of my issues and same thing as you went through, like, you realize like, Hey, this isn't your fault. Like it's not your fault that a lot of this stuff happened and you need to like, forgive yourself, but you can heal and become like, Become a different person because even like later on into life, I'm the person making like the mistakes, you know, like hurting somebody else or doing something that's inflicting pain. But the cool thing is, is like you can change like whenever you want. And if you believe that change is actually something good that you can do. Oh, did you post something?
1: Yeah. So sorry. He just got distracted because I just oh, posted good. it. Uh, recovering from, I was, I was, I didn't from like rape to do or that. sexual trauma.
0: Yeah, that's good. So anyway, but no, I do. I think that's really good. Like, I don't think people believe in counseling as much as they should. And then another thing about counseling, I don't think it started to work for me until I went through like seven counselors and found one that was like a good match.
1: Dude, I think that's what, I mean, and that's what I would say. Like the first time I went to a counselor, the, my first meeting with this this guy when I was like 27, Dude, I remember leaving that place, and I was like, "He, he, he just cut me to my core." Yeah, and it made me feel like, "Well, I don't love myself." Like for some reason, that like hurt. Yeah, and I, dude, I called up my brother Marty, and I was like, "Dude, can I go out to, to dinner with you and your wife?" You know, I took him out to eat, and I was like, kind of talking to them about. You know, I went and saw this psychologist, and man, it hurt. Man, I need I need some love.
0: <laughs> that's that's what's so hard though. It's like, it's like you- love you never faced like the hard truth. Like it's hard to see the truths and you try to hide from them sometimes.
1: But I, the reason I, so I shared an article with, with Tyler and it's, it's a help, guide, help but it's an article on like Here, let me go. from sexual trauma or rape. And just cause I wanted to also talk about like, what are some good things to like to do? Like, if this has happened to you, but it talks about, you know, reaching out to somebody you trust. You know, some people say, hey, if I never talk about it, it never happened. Yeah. But now you're just hiding things. You're hiding shame, maybe. You know how it is, Tyler. You're saying, I was hiding stuff, and then I was coping through alcohol, which yep. is like, now that's horrible. Because that's, now you're in like this little whirlwind of using alcohol, and it's for a, a very wrong reason, you know. so not yep. like drinking it's like i'm using this as a like a medication i'm like self-medicating myself
0: yeah with something that's slowly killing
1: you but in this article i shared i don't know are you able to share articles or websites
0: so i'm doing share screen can you see my screen or now
1: i can't but
0: because yeah, it has the share screen option here you go can you see that now yep uh so yeah this right here recovering from rape and sexual trauma so this is a a good one if you
1: look down it just talks about hey talk to somebody go see a group it talks about like not blaming yourself you know it's very natural as we talked about like as a defense mechanism um though sadly those are things that just happened yeah people blame themselves um let me see this is good and then, there's, if you're cool, I want I want to share one more thing with you. Yeah. And send it over. This is more like the reason I'm sharing this one is, you know, how do I prevent my this from happening to my kid? Uh, let me see if I can. All right, one sec. So this is from childmind.org, but these are like 10 ways to teach your child the skills to prevent sexual abuse. And I read through this and I thought it was really good. Um, you know, but it's talking to your kids about their body parts early, you know, teaching them that, you know, body parts are private, teaching them boundaries. Um, Uh, it's not okay to have secrets about those private parts or secret parts. Um, you know, but talking to your kids that, hey, mom and dad are going to, you know, they, we might wash you or put medicine on you or cream, but letting them know what is wrong, what is right. And then, uh, you know, but you want to be able to, like, have your kids be able to talk to you. Yeah, Something does happen. Or know that if they're in a situation, it's, it's, not, it's okay to say no. And not only is it okay, that's the right thing to do is to say no.
0: There it is. So yeah, so this is the next article he sent me. And you um, see the
1: over on the side it kind of has them broken down the 10 things that are on oh, yeah. the left
0: side. So yeah, so check these out. These are definitely good for parents also as parents too. I think it's uh it's really important not to avoid conversations because they're awkward like they're either going to happen with you or with their friends, or they're going to find stuff out on the internet. Yeah. And if if you're too scared to talk to your kids about stuff, then something's going to get presented to them that they've never heard about. And then they got to make a decision. And a lot of times it's hard to make the right decision if you've never had a discussion about it.
1: And that's why, yeah, talk to your kids. I mean, I was listening to this coddling of the American mind today as I was driving over here to my hotel but it was talking about how to get into school as like a kindergartner kindergartner like back in the day like when we were kids yeah they had a thing like is your kid ready and one of the questions was can your kid walk four to eight blocks away from his house be comfortable go to the park come back on his own uh-huh it's like a five-year-old yeah can he go walk for four to eight blocks well now most people are like not comfortable with their kids walking down the street. They can't walk like one house over. One house over. My kids it was funny. I mean we got like a gizmo watches for them so we can see where they go but my kids are young. My yeah. my kid that's going to be going in their kindergarten Leo. Dude that kid is very comfortable going like 8 blocks if we we'll let him. <laughs> and I I feel like I've talked to him enough and but it talks about how that's actually healthy. Yeah. It like, he used to be the norm and now it's like dude if you did that you could like Possibly get arrested for being like a bad parent.
0: Yeah, it's changed quite
1: a bit. But it? <laughs> but it also talked about that, that like in the US, we're
0: actually safer
1: as far as crime and stuff. We're like the safest we've been since like 1960.
0: That's what I was saying about the beginning. It's all the data. Everything's like thrown in our faces now. But even the world is safer. I mean, it's it's getting kind of scary. But like in terms of how it's been in the past, it's really not as bad as it's been. It's just there's – if you focus on negative information and you want all the data, it's going to seem like things are a lot worse than it is. But what this is what's
1: funny, though. With this book, it, taught, it was saying, hey, if your kid goes out on his own, you can teach him. It is okay. It is okay to talk to strangers. It's okay to ask somebody for help. Yeah. Now, it's not okay to go with a stranger. Stranger says, come get my card. That's not okay. Yeah. But if you are walking and there's some elderly man – or whatever, you can talk, you can say hi, you can, if they ask you, hey, where are your parents at? You can say, my mom's letting me go to the park. Yeah, you know, whatever. It's okay to talk to strangers, like, like we coddle our kids so much, sometimes now they don't know how to deal with situations. It's so so true. I think the same thing can be said with, hey, what could I do to prevent this from happening to my kid? If there's, let's say a greater than 10% chance, that's pretty high. You know, what could I do to talk to my kid or you know, I feel like I have two daughters. I am scared to death when they become teenagers. And, Sophie's 12. Yeah, and this Sophie's book, it 12. starts talking about, like, like, this lady. I'm reading this other one called Strong Father, Strong Daughters. Yeah, I've read that one. Yeah, I shared that with you. But it talks about, like, the statistics of of kids, like, when they get sexually involved and all this stuff as 12-years-old, 13-year-olds, 14 year old. And how important it is to, I would rather be the ones talking to them and being more open than relying on social media, Yeah. their friends and those influences. Cause that's, what's going to like, that's the difference between they're, who grew up and they grew up is the media is so different.
0: Yeah. And they're going to like, this is, they're going to run into it. Like you and I, back in the day when I was like 16, 17, I mean, at my house, at least there was no jumping on the internet and looking at, I didn't have a phone to like access the internet or iPad, or all we had was like one computer, but it was really for like typing papers and stuff. And then we had dial up internet. And so unless you had access to like magazines, you couldn't, I mean, it was kind of hard to look at things. And so to restructure the way you think about the way you were raised is nothing like it's is right now and you could stay naive and ignorant to the fact that like no it's the same but it's not and huh. the kids are gonna f- kids are finding out like way sooner everything like way sooner everything's happening faster i I saw something I think it was last month a kid, little kid in Utah I think he was 11 12 years old committed suicide and so that type of thing like depression could you imagine like When I was 11, 12 years old, I don't even know if I could form like a thought. Now these kids have so much coming their way that they feel depressed enough to take their own life. Part of that is
1: at least, it's just my opinion, but this book, The The Coddling of the American Mind I'm reading right now. I mean, I have a nephew who's actually, he's admitted right now for two weeks because he was suicidal, Uh huh. teenager. He lives out in Virginia, but in this book, it talks about how those numbers of anxiety and suicide and all that and cutting and stuff is so far up, but a lot of it has to do with screen time and the social oh, really? media. And it's showing all of these comparisons of like, you know, people don't know how to socialize anymore. Yeah. And that's why when, when I first came on, I talked about like, hey, it's healthy to go hiking and play sports and be social. Like some of those things are so important because these days the youth don't know how to, how to do that as much. Yeah and when they go to college they're normally a couple years behind than the than the kids that went to college let's say 20 years ago yep you know their mindset is more of like a 15 16 year old when they're 18 going to college just cuz they haven't been out being exposed to the yeah. world language. so i was just talking about how you know some people it might be healthy to take a, a little break year after high school to allow your kid to go do service work or go do go get a job and kind of grow up beyond their own and then go to college if that's what the path is. But it's just, it was interesting that, I don't know. That is interesting. What doesn't kill you makes you stronger sometimes.
0: It's true. It's true. Sometimes, (laughs) sometimes, but uh, yeah. So what else? I think uh, for me, I just wanted to make sure people with this podcast, especially males, I feel like males have a hard time moving past this type of thing. And how you were talking about earlier, some people have that belief, like it's put into their head that it's going to get repeated. But I think the reason maybe that happens is because people don't try to work through things. I think if you just sit there and you build a belief and you don't talk to anybody about it and you just keep that belief your whole life, your belief eventually becomes reality And then I would even speak to people that are the opposite, like the opposite, like the people that maybe feel like there's, this always been like a really interesting, I'm always curious about the brain, how it works. Like the brain's just very like delicate and there's like dementia, there's Alzheimer's, but like you got things too, like pedophiles. How does that mind get created? You know what I mean? Like, and there's a part of you, you hate them, you hate them, it's disgusting, but then there's another part of you that's like, what happened? <laughs> like, what happened to you to make you feel like this is something that that you want to do to another human being, yeah. you know what I mean? And so, but that's probably another part of it is like, these people on the other end of the spectrum are in need of therapy and working through whatever they've been through. And maybe they have beliefs in their head about something, or maybe they've gone down a path of so much perversion that there's just no stopping it. And it's like a train of just like now on to the next thing. And you
1: hear that with some people that it's, it is, it's so much perversion that it's like, it's like taking things to the next level, next level, next level. Uh, We hear people that get into pornography and then it's, well, that's not enough. Now I'm getting into some weird kinky stuff and you know, next thing you know, get, it could be child pornography.
0: Dude. That, that could lead to. The. You know, just just the dating. Or whatever. Just dating right now. Dating right now. So, like, if you get on online dating, you go out. I'm not even. Like, I'm not even asking for some information sometimes when I'm with. So, now I'm with Kelsey, which is amazing. Because I don't have to worry about this anymore. But the stuff people. First off, that they would admit first date. Second off that like, they would be willing to do sexually now, <laughs> like right away, right away. And they'll tell you like, are you into this? And you're like, I don't know what that means. It is crazy, man. And you, Can you please draw a picture for me? And then you're like, oh no, nope. I'm not into that. <laughs> it's crazy. It's like oh, crazy, God. but it's like, that's my biggest fear for my children is there's this, uh. Things start with something. There's something small. And if it doesn't ever get stopped, it's like a snowball rolling down the mountain. And it could get so out of control that like by the time it gets somewhere, it's gonna do damage. If you catch it early enough, you can diffuse it and take a different path or course correct. And so if they get because I've heard a lot of stories about somebody accidentally comes into a picture of a naked woman or something, and then that turns into a full-blown sex addiction. To where their life is like taken from them and that's where you want to have parents like the first time they see a naked picture dad guess what i saw a naked picture sit down let's talk about this
1: yeah that's super important what do they call it when you get like sucked in and like like you know on like now on all social media they have the reels and like you, like people get sucked in yeah and <laughs> it's
0: crazy dude i don't know what it's called but it, ha- I, it happens to me i'll get on do i get on tiktok and i'll get like on a golf reel and it's like the best golf shots and so i'm just stuck on tiger woods hitting every golf shot he's ever hit and it'll be like two hours later and i'm like this is ridiculous like what am i doing with my life <sighs> well tyler we need, get
1: we need to get you out to utah sometime come golfing with me
0: let's do it i'm always down to golf you got to come here Come Love visit you. me. But yeah, man, I appreciate you coming on. It's really nice of you. And then um, we put up those articles. One's just called the helpguide.org. I mean, there's a bunch of backslashes on there. I'll just, I'll copy and I'll just paste these over. Let me yeah. just do these now.
1: I think there's just a up. couple that I, I looked at that, like I said, I, I wanted to, if I came on here, I also wanted to say, hey, this is what's happened, but. yeah what are ways you can heal or what are ways you can prevent this kind of stuff from happening it it is way more way more common than we'd like it to be just like a lot of stuff out there but i also don't think it's something where parents need to go live in their lives in a way where it's like i can't let my kid leave the house or i can't do this or that i mean i'll admit my little kids i let them go do whatever i mean i let them run around the neighborhood jump on their little motorbike and take off and they'll be gone for like four hours yeah, some people might think that's nuts, but I'll also admit when when other adults are around them or other kids, I am in the back of my mind. I'm always thinking.
0: Yeah, and it's um, it's unfortunate. You don't want to be that way, but all like also, I I was going to ask you one more question, real quick. You can ask me anything, so you can ask me a couple. Uh, questions. Yeah. One more question. So, let's say. In your situation where this happened as a child, do you think if you were to have been able to talk to your parents right then or somebody right then, it would have made a huge, huge difference for you? Dude, I think the biggest thing that would have made a difference for me is
1: if sometime right before that, and it was in my mind. Um, someone had told me, Hey, if this ever happens to you
0: run or say no, just like if you had had the talk about it,
1: if I'd had like a real, like my parents had probably said something like, yeah, don't do this. Don't do that. But I don't know, you know, it's like, that was a long, it was a long time ago, but I just feel like if I could have been, you know, the one thing that could have helped was knowing what I knowing options. Yeah. You know, but it's like, you know, what happened to Kelsey or what happened, you know, I had friends that got raped, you know, they could go back, of course, things would be different. But I think it's, you know, the main prevention is, I do think it would help if you, you know, could be proactive instead of just reactive, you know, what could you do to help prevent that? I think it's talking to your kids and letting them know. And really, if this you're in this situation, this is what you can do. These are your options. Yeah. You don't have to go with it. Um, dude, when I was in high school, we had a health class and there's four girls in our, that were like my age that came and sat up in front of the room one day. And they were all talked about how they'd been raped. Wow. these are like 16, 17 year old girls. And I was like, these are girls in my high school. One was by her uncle when she was like three, four, five, six years old, for like four years, four, four years. Um, one was, you know, a girl by her boyfriend at gunpoint. Oh, wow. Um, but there was all these different stories and our health teacher was more just letting us know this, you know, no, for education, for whatever. And, you know, made me think back to when I was a kid, you know, a lot of things have done that trick kind of make me go back. But, um, I do think it's important. Like part of healing is realizing that when, like, let's say I think back to when I was a kid and what happened is to be, being able now to just realize, like, I can look at the future and I can focus my life more on the future. If we get stuck focusing on the past so much, sometimes it doesn't allow us to like move forward. Yep. Yep. You know, learn from the past, learn from mistakes, learn from whatever, you know, you know how it is. You've learned so much over the last, I feel like five years. Yeah. It's like you're like crazy. moving forward, man. And I, I'm proud of you. Like, yeah,
0: you I appreciate see, it.
1: it's been see how happy you are. And like,
0: but that's the thing too, like the people, everybody doesn't see the, the work that goes into it. Like, the, I feel like you see the end of a hundred mile race where it's like, you're sitting there with the metal around your neck, but like yeah. 85 miles in with your shin broken and your feet about to fall off. Like that's life. So everywhere I've gotten emotionally, cause I talked to people about the hundred mile race that I did yep. and all the emotional stuff all the stuff with the therapist, going back, working on childhood stuff, it's still like still stuff comes up and I still got to work through it. But that stuff's like, it's hard work. It's really hard. And you, it's all mindset. And just like you have to run a mile. You have to start like that first step to work on your mind. And a lot of like fixing your mind is putting, taking the negative out, so if you're putting all negative in and all you do is feed it full of crap all day, including diet, like I'm sitting here drinking my Mountain Dew, but <laughs> I usually eat pretty healthy. There you go. Mountain Dews for life. This is the flame at hot. I thought I'd I'm going to try that one later. But I just feel like it's important to like clean things up, put positive in, and then a good place to start too is books. Like if you like, for me personally, I didn't even know I liked learning until all this audio stuff started coming out, podcasts and audio books, <laughs> right? It, like it would have been a game changer for me to go through high school, college listening. Yep. Cause I learned so being, much better.
1: Well, that's, what's weird. I feel like you're so naive when you're in, especially in high school, but you're so moldable. Mm-hmm. So that's what you know, parents realize, man, you can mold your children a lot more than you think. You have more influence than you think. I think people are always like, oh, their kids, their friends and social media, everything's just going to like take them where they go. But you love your kids, let them know you love them. And I think you can still influence them more than you would think.
0: Yeah, it's true. Well, I got to go. I got to go pick yeah. up my kids. Well, dude, it's been good. I man, just everybody knows
1: I love this guy. Lots of good memories with him. I was with him when he met Kelsey.
0: Yeah, exactly. You were <laughs> so hey, thanks for
1: having me on, Tyler. I just want to say I appreciate it.
0: Um, no, I appreciate you.
1: Thank you for coming on and proud of uh, you for uh for this podcast and just kind of what you've done with your life.
0: Yeah, no, thank you. You're always like been a great influence and I appreciate everything you do, man.
1: All right. Hey, we'll talk soon.
0: All right, man. We'll see ya. See you guys. Bye.